0: What's going on, everybody? Thank you so much for being here with us for this Thursday edition of Fantasy MLB Today. My name is Joe Orico and I am your host. You guys can hit me up on Twitter at Joe JoeOrrico99. That's J-O-E-O-R-R-I-C-O 99. Hit the follow button there. You get links to these shows. You get links to my articles. And, of course, all the other stuff that I put out on Twitter. All my fantasy baseball stuff goes out over there. So go ahead and hit the follow button. If you are enjoying the show, I'd really appreciate you guys leaving a five-star review. If not five, then some kind of positive review, hopefully a four-star. You know, it really helps us out here. It doesn't take too long for you guys. It just takes a couple seconds, and it really helps us out. So much appreciated if you guys can do that, those of you who haven't already. One last thing I'll say before we get going. We're going to be recording an episode later today for tomorrow's show with none other than the Welsh. If you guys don't know the Welsh... He is half of Fantasy Pro's Leading Off podcast. He is half of the In This League podcast. He hosts the Prospect One podcast where he goes through prospects. He is If if you listen to fantasy baseball stuff, you pretty much know who he is. One of my favorite people in the business. Uh, It's going to be really great to have him on. We're going to be talking about ADP debates for next season. We're going to be talking about where guys like Julio will be going, Jordan Alvarez, uh, comparing a couple of different players, McClanahan versus Alcantara, stuff like that. So tune in tomorrow uh, if you haven't, uh, depending on when you're listening to this. If you're listening to this on Thursday, earlier in the day, then we won't have recorded yet. And you guys can actually send some questions over on Twitter. I'm going to have a a Twitter, I'm going to send a tweet later today asking if you guys have any questions. So if you're listening to this in time, go ahead and send me some questions and we will get to them on the show most likely. Going to be looking back on some of yesterday's top performers. The AL MVP race with Judge and Otani is very interesting. They both had great games yesterday. We're gonna be looking ahead at a couple of matchups today that are of interest to me, and we are also going to be doing our deep dive into the waiver wire that we typically do. So let's start with Shohei Otani. Man, this guy, it's hard to even comprehend sometimes how good he really is. Even if he didn't hit at all, he'd still be one of the best pitchers in baseball. He went seven innings yesterday, struck out 10, walked three and gave up two hits. He did get the victory. On the batting side, he was two for or no, sorry, one for four with a walk, two RBIs, and he also stole a base. Nothing he can't really do on the baseball field. He is ridiculous. He's he's going to be close for the MVP. It's it's going to be him or Judge at this point. It kind of has to be. I mean, I know there's a lot of baseball left to go, but they're so far ahead of the rest of the field that it, it's hard to believe it won't be one of the two of them. So last night, Judge was three for four, single, double, homer, knocked in four. He walked, and he also stole a base, unbelievably. Aaron Judge stealing a couple of bases this year. Not too many, but he's got, uh, he's got seven of them. He's already got more than he had last year. He is valuable as anything in terms of fantasy. You guys don't need to hear that. The question is, who is more valuable? Now, there's the fantasy question, and there is the actual baseball question. In terms of actual baseball, I think you have to say it's Otani just because he does both so well. Uh, in terms of fantasy, I think it depends on your format. If you are in a Yahoo league where you just have one or the other Otani, I think it really depends. Um, I think I think I would probably, if I could, either have Otani pitcher, Otani batter, or Judge batter. At this point, this year, I think I would say Judge batter, just because of just how amazing he's been with the power. And he's also got the seven steals, which is really fantastic that he has seven steals. Um, you know, like I said, only six last year. He's not really known as a big steal guy. That's really, that's massively valuable for you guys uh, in any in any format, but to get some steals where you're not expecting them is always great. If you get them from the first baseman, it's great. Uh, third base is also a great catcher, but even, even in the outfield, there are some guys who are not going to steal too many judges. Typically one of those guys That's added a nice little, not really spoken on element to his value this season. Uh, It's all about the home runs and the RBIs and the good batting average, which it should be. But, you know, he's got four steals in the last month, a couple in the last week alone. So if he can maintain that, if he can get up to like 15 steals or so, uh, I think he'll, it's hard to say. Honestly, I go back and forth on it so much who the MVP should be because I feel like it's almost like the Vladimir Guerrero conversation from last year. Is Judge better than Guerrero was last year? As much as I hate to say it, it looks like he's just as good. Uh, he's going to probably hit more home runs. He'll he'll hit for a lower batting average. The RBIs will be about the same, I think. Uh, and as saying a, as a Toronto fan that I think Judge would was better this year, it should, I mean that should go a long way. I, I'm not a Yankee guy by any stretch of the imagination, and. I'd still think I would give it to Judge, but then you have to look at otani it's it's very hard uh you know there's a lot there's a lot to factor in here, and I really don't know it depends how the voters are going to value Otani every single year if if they put it in their heads that Otani is the mVP forevermore as long as he's at least decent on both sides of the ball, then no one else, including Judge this year, has any chance, especially when you see that Otani has been Far better than just average on both sides of the ball. He has been elite. He has been absolutely ridiculous. Eight and four with the 244 ERA, 111 strikeouts in 81 innings. And then on the batting side, he's batting 260, 18 home runs, 10 steals. Both sides of the plate, uh, he's been very valuable. His whip is under one. Uh, he's given up eight home runs in 81 innings, which is very reasonable. He's just fantastic. He's just overall. He's the, he's the best player in baseball, I think. It just depends on how the voters go in terms of MVP voting. I'm really not sure. I'm really interested to find out. I'm going to ask the Welsh, probably sneak that in later when we talk to him, what he thinks, because it's, it's, it's so complicated for me. It really depends on, well, maybe part of it will depend on what team you're a fan of. I think part of it will depend on the fact that Judge was kind of screwed out of an MVP five or six years ago, t- 2017, yeah. It was 2017 when he probably should have been the MVP. And in hindsight, he probably really should have been the MVP. And now he's, that might factor into some people's heads that he might be owed a little bit. So I don't think it'll be a, a massive factor, but it might sway some votes his way. Just people thinking, okay, Shohei won it last year. Um, you know, let's let's spread the love around a little bit. It's unfortunate that it's not happening to Vlad this year because Vlad's not having quite the same level of a year that he had last year. Uh, if it's not Ju- if it's not Otani, it's going to be Judge. Uh, it would be cool if Jordan Alvarez could sneak into the race there. He's also been ridiculous, but I think that he's just a little bit of a step below. For maybe it's because he doesn't play in as big of a market. I don't know, but he is. There's definitely something there that he's just like he'll be third in voting if the season ended today. I think. Well, maybe you could make a Shane McClanahan argument, but I think that Alvarez would be right up there, just maybe a touch behind Judge. And Otani, uh, it's not it's not by much. If if Alvarez goes completely crazy in the second half and those other guys slow down, I don't think it's impossible that he could win MVP. I don't think it's particularly likely, but it's definitely within the realm. So, all guys to keep an eye on. In terms of the betting market, it's very hard to actually get value at this point on any of the picks. They're both really pretty heavily favored. I put uh, an Otani bet down for twenty bucks when it was plus five hundred. I think it's like plus two fifty now. So I'm feeling pretty good about that one. I uh, put 10 bucks on Spencer Strider maybe a month or so ago to be the uh, Rookie of the Year. Uh, what is that at now? It was at, like, when I got it, it was plus 14 or, or 14 to 1. Now it is, uh, if you just bear with me for a split second here. Now it's at plus 500, so 5 to 1 could technically cash that one out if I wanted to for 17 bucks but I'm going to just hold on there I have some faith in Strider. The Otani one I really like. I got the MVP bet at plus 500. It was actually a boost. It was supposed to be plus 400, but if you if you guys bet a lot. I'm not sure if my viewers really engage in a lot of gambling or not, but it is fun. Not not to like, you know, throw all kinds of crazy money just, you know, 30, 40 bucks at the beginning of the year or early into the season on some futures are fun. Division futures are fun. MVPs, Cy Young, Rookie of the Year, those are really fun. As long as you don't throw, like, thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars on them because then it can kind of take away the fun, and then you just, like, desperately need them to win as opposed to just be kind of cool if they win. At this point, it'd just be still pretty cool if I win these bets. I'd win, like, I don't know, 300 bucks off of $30 if they both win. So I'm just going to ride them out. I think, uh, I think it's more fun that way, personally. I don't really want to get so deep into gambling where it's a point where like I you know, am throwing thousands of dollars down on stuff. I tend to stick to like $20 bets. Sometimes I'll do parlays with like 10 legs and throw a dollar or two on it just for fun. Mix it up a little bit. I'm not a massive gambler, but I do find uh, some fun there in the future's odds. And the MVP one is going to be very interesting. Uh, as of right now, actually, I might as well while I'm here, uh, AL MVP. So Judge is plus 110, Otani plus 250, and then it's Trout plus 800, Alvarez plus 900. Pretty much guaranteeing at this point it's going to be either Judge or Otani. I'm very interested to see how the line moves. Let's move on now to Corbin Burns. He went seven innings, struck out 10, walked one, gave up three hits. Unfortunately, there was no offense behind him, so. No victory. No victory for Corbin Burns again, unfortunately. It's okay. He's still, I mean, probably going to be in that in that, uh, Cy Young conversation. He's got the ERA down to 220. It's actually lower than it was last year. So is the whip. He's really damn good, guys, if you didn't already know that. It would be nice if he can get some more run support. But, anyway, we don't need to spend too much time on Corbin because we all know how great he is. He is still one of the best pitchers in all of baseball, no question, uh, over the last month, 1.66 ERA. Absurd. Decent chance that he repeats as the NL Cy Young. I know I've bounced around a little bit between Alcantara and Musgrove and Burns. Any of them have a decent chance. I mean, probably Alcantara and Burns are the front runners right now. And probably Alcantara, just for that same reason we mentioned with, uh, with Judge and Otani. Just for the fact that voters like to mix it up every now and again. I mean, there's, I'm sure there's some voters who like to vote for the same person two years in a row. I'm not sure we're going to see Burns get the Cy Young, but he's certainly deserving of it anyway. Let's talk about Josiah Gray. I love Josiah Gray. I, I, I really love this kid. I think he's going to be such a stud. And last night, six innings, eleven strikeouts, two earned runs, uh, one walk, four base hits. He's really turned a corner recently, and he's got a four one four ERA for the season. Good strikeout numbers uh, over the last month. Three point zero three ERA. He's one of my favorite young pitchers in all of baseball. I think he's a serious buy candidate if you are in really any leagues, but if you're in a redraft league, I don't think the cost will be too steep, and I do expect him to just keep getting better and better. So for me, uh, he's a strong buy if you can get Josiah Gray for anything below what you feel is. I mean, he's currently ranked, if you let me just pull it up, I think he's like top 200 and something or other here, uh, 246. If you can get him for somebody else in that kind of range, you're going to be making profit off of him because not a lot of guys in that range are going to really perform the way he has it's kind of weird the way that range or the way that value works on Yahoo sometimes players are ranked lower and higher than you expect them to be him being in the 250 range it's definitely lower than he should be if you can get him for somebody else in that range uh, I would go ahead and do it Kyle Schwarber again again with Kyle Schwarber with the two home runs I think back-to-back games uh, literally over the last month he has 13 home runs he's up to 27 for the year And it's no longer a certainty that Aaron Judge is going to win the home run crown, at least if you're talking about the Major League Baseball home run crown. He's probably safe in the AL. But Schwarber has turned it on, again, two consecutive Junes, where he is just ridiculous. Last June, I think he was even better than this. He hit 16 home runs or something uh, over the course of, like, 75 plate appearances. Just absurd. This is also ridiculous, though. Uh, Kyle Schwarber, I was debating whether or not he will be an all-star He's pretty much guaranteed over these last couple of days that he will be an all-star. Uh, five for his last seven with four home runs. I mean, that's, that's nothing you can really argue with there. He he, he will be uh, representing the Phillies at the all-star game. I believe it's at Dodger Stadium. Uh, we'll have that coming up in the next couple of weeks here. Brandon Nimmo, he had himself a very good game. Three for five, a couple of base hits, a home run, uh, three runs, three RBIs. And he was also hit by a pitch. I really like Brandon Nimmo. He leads off for a very good lineup. I think that he should be rostered in a lot more leagues than he is. There's not a lot of confidence in him for whatever reason. Uh, I, I love Brandon Nimmo. I think if you're leading off pretty much in any lineup in baseball, you're going to have value. If you're leading off for one of the better lineups in baseball, then you're, of course, going to have value. Uh, he's batting .278 for the year. He hasn't stolen any bags, but he had five last year. He could be able to sneak in a couple later on for the season. He's already got just about as many home runs as he had last year. He has more RBIs. He's maintaining a similar batting average. He's currently the 167th ranked player on the season, which is very solid, very solid. Uh, If You're talking about 12 team leagues. uh, 167 would put him as like a 13th round draft pick. It's not going to knock you over, but it's definitely somebody who is going to be still worth rostering. If you have any kind of need for a bit of an offensive boost, specifically with your batting average, uh, I wouldn't hesitate. I would go out there and grab Brandon Nimmo. Uh, let's talk about Hunter Dozier. We'll talk about a couple of Royals here, actually. Hunter Dozier, who has really turned himself around. I mean, earlier in the year, he was the butt end of a lot of jokes. People were always talking about how he shouldn't be a major league ball player. He's turned it around. He's been a fairly viable fantasy asset this season, to be honest with you. He's 2-for-3 last night with a double, a home run, three RBIs. Uh, for the season, nine homers, 30 ribbies, uh, two steals, and a .263 batting average. That's that's fine. That's totally fine. Nothing you really... Necessarily need to go and add like the fact that he's a first baseman is definitely not bode well for his fantasy value just because we've talked about there's a lot of first basemen there's probably 25 plus first basemen that even more maybe 30 that are that are valuable that are rosterable that you can have on your team not really a necessity to have <clears throat> Hunter Dozier but nonetheless he has been very valuable for those of you in slightly deeper leagues or for those of you who have just chose to roster him in a standard league he's actually returned pretty good value so nothing really to say there uh, Andrew Benintendi. His teammate, he was two for three last night, a single at double three runs. RBI, a couple of walks, and he also stole a base. I expect Ben Benintendi to be on the move. A couple of teams that will be interested most likely, the Phillies, uh, my buddy Steven Bagel, who works here for Sports Ethos. He's pulling together an article where we're going to be talking about, well, he's going to be talking about teams and players that he expects to be on the move. He is a Phillies fan, and I was talking with him about how Ben Benintendi would be nice, not necessarily positionally, but just a nice, another bat to replace Bryce Harper there. The only question is if they're going to put him in center field if he goes to Philadelphia. I, I would doubt it. I mean, you, you look at their options in center field, they're not, not a lot. Uh, I would doubt it's Benintendi. I'm not really sure what route they would go exactly, but they're one team that might have some interest in him. Uh, the Blue Jays are another team that will always need a left-handed bat because there's only, like, one of them in the order. Well, two, I guess, technically. But they do need a, a power bat from the left-hand side. So I could see Benintendi going to Toronto. I could see him going to Philadelphia. You could always see any contending team going for a bat like that. The Dodgers always are going to be interested, the Dodgers are, in in talented players at the deadline. So hard to say exactly when or who he will go to. But uh, Stephen's article is going to come out in the next few weeks. He's going to be – I'll share the hell out of it because I want everybody to see it. Stephen's putting a lot of effort into it. Just talking about, I think, the 30 or 40 most likeliest trade candidates and their partners are their likely uh, trade partners slash destinations – Going to be very good. It's going to be like a companion piece to my trade deadline show, so I hope you guys will check it out. I will put it all over the website, all over Twitter when it does come out because he's gonna put, He's putting a lot of effort into it. Sent me a couple of shot, uh, screenshots yesterday. Should be a lot of fun, and the trade deadline should be very interesting. Now, um, I'll take a quick pause here. I mean, we've pretty much gone over the guys that I wanted to go over from yesterday. There's a couple of other decent names we could talk about. Uh, Jose Barrios had a pretty good game. Spencer Watkins had a pretty good game. Uh nothing really massive to talk about. Let's just talk for a quick second about Tyler Molly and Frankie Montes, who are two likely candidates to get traded. They're actually on the graphic on YouTube that we've created or that my buddy uh, David Williams created for the the you know, the thumbnail for the trade deadline show, uh, with Molly and Frankie Montes on it. They're both hurt now. Well shit, eh? I mean you figure uh, they're going to get traded regardless, but maybe not. I mean, with Molly expected back after the All-Star break, he'd have to be traded pretty much right when he gets back. A lot of teams have been inquiring, but, I mean, will that scare them away? He hasn't been so lights out that you'd take the risk regardless. it has been better recently for sure. But that's going to hamper his trade value a little bit, you'd imagine. I mean, if he gets back quickly enough and he's fine, sure, maybe it won't. But it's, it's hard to say if a team will still go out and try and acquire him uh, with the injury. Uh, Frankie Montes, he had his MRI. And there's no damage in his shoulder. He has not yet hit the injured list, but another guy who, you know, he's expected to be traded. He's been ridiculously good this year, 326 ERA, uh, 1.09 whip. And now Oakland might just be stuck with him until the offseason because of this. Uh, it's a shoulder for Molly as well. Very ugly stuff when you're talking about pitching. I'm not sure that we're going to see them. Uh, that we're going to see them traded. I, I hope that we do. I hope that especially Montes gets out from there because he's someone who has really had his his uh, success hampered by the fact that his lineup is the worst in baseball. It's really been a detriment to his fantasy success. Only with a couple of wins through his, I think it's 16 or so starts at this point. It's just been it's been hard for him to have fantasy value. He still has with the ratios, but wins are one fifth of your categories. 20 percent of them, and Montes has given you exactly three of them to this point in the season. That's not good. That sucks. That's why he's ranked as the 159th player on the season, because wins do factor in so heavily and he hasn't been able to give you them. When he does get traded, hopefully he still does get traded, then you'd figure a contender will want him, he'll go to a team that has a very good lineup, whatever the, whoever that is. And you'll start to see more wins in the second half. Now, we might not see that happen at all. I'm hoping that we still do, Um, you know, especially with Montes, but also with Tyler Molly. I have a lot of Tyler Molly shares. I've mentioned him a lot this season. Ah, man, it's tough. It's tough. Assuming everything goes according to schedule, he'll be back for, like, the 22nd-ish of July. Uh, He'll have a week or so in there to have maybe one or two starts. Maybe. This is assuming all goes well. With shoulders, you can't really assume that all is going to go well. Hopefully he gets one really good start in there before the break and they trade him or he comes back and he's announced as healthy and then they trade him without him having a start with Montes. They haven't put him on the injured list. That's that's a good sign. But uh, like I said, with shoulders, you never really know. So there is always going to be a little bit of caution and a little bit of gray area. Let's move on. Now we'll talk about some of the more added and dropped players in the last uh, 12 or so hours since the day changed. So, Nick Senzel, he's been added quite a bit. I don't know, guys. He's been hot as hell recently. If you really want to ride the hot streak, then sure. Second base eligibility is always nice, but there's not a lot of power. He's, I know he's hit a couple home runs in the last week, but that's like he hit one last season. Granted, only 111 at-bats, but there's not a lot of power. There's not a ton of speed. I think we're grasping. I think there's some desperate teams reaching for trying to get some help here wherever they can, and I just don't really, really buy it for me personally. If you're in a deeper league, sure. If you really if you really want to stream the spot in, I guess. But, I mean, there's, there's better options, in my opinion, on the waiver wire. I wouldn't be jumping at Senzel. Uh, Jordan Lyles is the next guy being added. This is another desperation stream for some people. It's a little early in the week for that for me. I mean, maybe you know you need to make up some wins and some Ks. Jordan Lyles has been added in 5,000-plus uh, leagues. That's a lot of desperate folks. He gets the angels tonight. He's been okay recently. Uh, he pretty much has one good start followed by a bad start. If you're lucky, then that's how it typically works. Now his last start was a good one, so if we're going off by that totally non-scientific evaluation there, then he is due for not a great start today. I'm not really sure what I'd expect, but I wouldn't want to be streaming him. I would not want to be streaming him. I just don't trust him. a lot of there's a lot of faith being put in Orioles pitching recently between Kramer and Wells. I just I don't have a lot of faith. And the guy who went last night, uh, his name is escaping me right now. Uh, what's his name? Spencer Watkins. A lot of faith being put. And, you know, they've had some good outings. They've been a decent team recently, but I think that that's going to be very short-lived. I wouldn't be wouldn't be chasing Orioles pitching at this point of the season. That's a, that's a sign of desperation and that your teams need serious help if you're looking for Orioles pitching. I know that they've done well, but you can't expect that to go on. So no, no for me on Jordan Lyles. The Angels have sucked, yes, but the Angels are also very capable with Otani and Trout and the rest of them. I'm really not going to be too interested here. Uh, Let's talk Ronzi Contreras. Uh, I'm not sure if he's starting the first game of the doubleheader or the second game of the doubleheader. Uh, First game, he's supposed to start the first game here against Cincinnati. I'm okay with it. I'm not in love with it. After his last timeout, he really screwed me over. He actually cost me a couple of weeks. Uh, He was terrible. He was terrible. Not a couple of weeks, but a week in a couple of different leagues, I should say. I think that he's all right. This is a tough ballpark, though. I, I do like him. A lot. He's a lot better than what we saw against Milwaukee, and I do like him. Okay, I'm not going to be running to the to the waiver wire to add him, though. There's just uh, you got to be a little more picky with your streams, as far as I see it here. Uh, Tyler Wells is still being added quite a bit. This is a couple days in a row removed from a start now, where there's still people adding him. He's up to 44% last week. He was 31%. He's been very good this season, and you know if you want to add him and ride him until the wheels fall off. Uh, if there's anybody on the Orioles I would do it for, it's probably Wells because he's sustained it over several starts in a row now. I'm still not a massive fan of it, but if you want to pick him up and then ride him until he hurts you, then by all means. I won't be doing it personally, but I would understand if you wanted to do it with Wells. He's about the only one that I would understand it with. Uh, Marco Gonzalez, people have added him tonight. Some more desperate people. Uh, about 3,000 leagues on Yahoo have added Marco Gonzalez. He's playing the Blue Jays tonight. He's had a few good starts in a row, I'll give him that, but I wouldn't be taking the chance here for a guy who does not strike out anybody. Yeah, he keeps the ratios pretty low, but the odds of a win here are fairly small, I would say. The Jays have started to turn it around here. I mean, the Mariners are surging. The Jays did win yesterday. Hopefully that's a step in the right direction. They just did come off of a bit of a losing streak, the Jays, five games. I wouldn't expect them to go back right into one uh, immediately after. I'll be happy to leave Gonzalez on waiver wires and benches this evening. Uh, Josh Winkowski, he gets the Yankees, and again, we have some desperate, desperate folks here. Yes, he's been good, but he's going to face the Yankees tonight. I'm not a big fan of it, really not a big fan of it. I would save your ads for the weekend. No need here. Uh, It's it's too risky for me. The Yankees, yeah, they had a, a shit game against Pittsburgh, and then we saw what they did yesterday. They scored 16 runs. I'm, I'm nowhere near this one, nowhere near Winkowski tonight. There's not really any streamers that I'm too, too interested in tonight. If you can still get your hands on Spencer Strider somehow, 79% rostered, then by all means. But I don't think he's going to be available in any sort of competitive league at this point. Uh, Eric Haas has been added quite a bit. He's homered in each of his last two games, and he does have some deeper league value for sure because of the catcher designation. He's hit four home runs over the last two weeks, and he showed us last year 22 home runs in 350 at-bats. He can have some deeper league value, specifically, like I said, because he's eligible at catcher. Uh, Ramon Loriano has went yard uh, twice in the Blue Jays series. He stole a base in the last game of the Seattle series. Over the last couple weeks, uh, four homers, seven ribbies, three steals, and a two sixty-one average. He's another... He's, he's likely trade Canada I was about to say he will be traded uh, he's likely to be traded I mean if if Oakland can't get rid of Montes maybe they'll just try and get rid of Loriano for, for I don't know they're, they don't make much sense over there anyway I'm not really sure what logic they're going to use but I think Loriano will likely be on the move once he does it really depends on destination if he's going to a place that he can just be some more outfield depth it's going to be shit for his value if he's going somewhere that he can start on a contender, then it'll obviously be great for his value. But if he's just going somewhere to be a depth piece, a fourth outfielder, it'll really suck. Really, just it depends on where he goes. Uh, the value is not as certain when a player is traded, a position player as opposed to a pitcher. It really, I mean, it depends. If a relief pitcher is traded, the value is all over the place. We saw it last year with guys like Diego Castillo, uh, Kendall Graveman, who got traded from their closer roles to non-closer roles, and then it was just kind of all over the place. It was hard to really to really roster those guys after that fact. So. Uh, with the deadline, you kind of just have to wait and see. we we we'll predict. We'll make all kinds of predictions here. Um, how many of them will be correct? That much, hard to say, really. Let's move on, and we will talk about some of the more dropped players. And typically what you're seeing here, like we've mentioned many times, it's just streamers from the previous day. Brian Bayo had uh, – well, he's been dropped in more than 7,000 leagues. That was a very, very quick uh, – <laughs> quick reflex for some people. We had talked about it on the show quite a bit. The reflexes of the fantasy community are just astounding. Uh, You know, you added him 30% of leagues added him. And now we've seen him drop by like 15% of those leagues. Uh, It's his debut, right? If you're going to take a chance on the guy and he's bad in his debut and you give up on him, why did you even bother in the first place, taking the chance on him? You're hoping for perfection. You're hoping for every single start of the year. They're going to be great. There's no pitcher in baseball who doesn't have some stumbles throughout the season. Every single pitcher has some bad outings it just happens he yielded four runs in four innings I gave up six hits he walked three struck out two hard time locating his pitches right uh it'll it'll come over time I don't think if you if you added him then hold on to him why would you why would you drop him after this you know if you're going to add him and you got to just you know jump in with both feet and invest a little bit that's how I see it anyway uh, if you want to just use him as a streamer and drop him, then the odds are he wasn't going to have much value that way anyway. And he didn't. Um, I forget exactly what I said on the show yesterday, but I remember saying something along the lines of, you got to give him some patience. You got to give him some time here. Uh, Yes, he has great strikeout stuff. He will be a very solid pitcher in this league, but you have to give him a little bit of time if you did add him. If you just added him and dropped him already, I don't know what to tell you. It was a waste of a move. It was honestly a waste of a move. If you're looking for just one stream, then there were better options available than him. Um, Bell, um, not Bao. David Peterson. He is the next guy we'll talk about. He had not a great outing. He did walk. Oh, he did strikeout seven, but he walked five, and gave up three runs. Uh, he's really got the strikeouts working over the last maybe month or so. He's really picked up the strikeout numbers. Uh, I'm Probably going to be holding on to him if you still have him. Now, what happens when we see DeGrom come back? I don't know. Um, Will he still be in the rotation? I'm not really sure. But he has earned his spot in the rotation. He had a bad start yesterday. But I think that he is still worthy of being on your roster. So I wouldn't be dropping Peterson just quite yet. Now we move on to the saddest player that I can possibly think of to talk about. Those of you who know me and follow me on Twitter – you probably know that I'm talking about Alex Cobb, and I just I, I'm so I'm so friggin tired of this with Alex Cobb. Every time uh, the soft contact, base hits, the bloopers that are falling in there. Uh, when I checked in the fourth or fifth inning, there was only two balls that have been hit over 100 miles an hour against him. There's a double and a single. W- not a lot of hard contact, and yet still he allows four runs on seven hits. Uh, no decision. He struck out three been holding on the whole year for Alex I I've been holding on hoping that you know the luck will change horrible left on base percentage horrible BABIP to go along with great strikeout numbers and improved ground ball percentage that's like the magic formula for success to turn around to to for regression to happen at some point you know when you're not leaving anybody on base when you typically have in the past your strikeout numbers are up you're inducing more grounders <sighs> You know, a lot of balls in play are getting down for base hits. You figured that kind of stuff will change over the course of the year. It hasn't. It's been awful to roster Alex Cobb, to be honest with you. As much as I've loved the advanced stats, my leash is growing shorter. The patience is wearing thin. Uh, he gets the same Diamondbacks next time out uh, at home. I am, I'm still holding on. And I know a lot of people will say, this guy doesn't know what he's talking about. But I'm, I'm still holding on. And here's why. Because he still has half a season where he can turn it around. And there's no one on the waiver wire with that kind of upside in terms of the strikeout to walk percentage, in terms of everything that I've just already said with the Babbitt block and everything else. There's no one out there who pitches for an organization like San Francisco that really does a great job in developing their pitches or their pitchers, I should say. So for me... I'm holding on to Alex Cobb. I I understand that it's been very difficult to roster him. If you have to cut him, you have to cut him. But for me, I'm holding on a little bit longer. I don't know how much longer that'll be necessarily, but I haven't quite uh, hit wit's end with him just yet. Mitch White is the next guy we will talk about. Now, he had a pretty decent start despite, I mean, four walks was the main problem here. Uh, One hit, one run ball. Six strikeouts, uh, like I said, the walks was really the only problem. A lot of people dropped him, and I understand it, but he has been pretty valuable this season so far, We're starting pitcher and relief pitcher eligibility. Either way, I'm fine. If you want to hold him, fine. If you want to drop him, fine. I'm pretty indifferent about Mitch White. I think that he can have some value. He won't necessarily have much value, but uh, you know, a decent enough option that he can be a backhand guy, at least for the time being just a couple more guys we'll talk about here and then I will get to our matchup of the day. So, Trevor Rogers. All the people who are highly touting Trevor Rogers. I mean, it's hard to it's hard to say what the hell is wrong with him. He has no control anymore. He literally just has no control. And, and I don't understand it. He's like he's still a kid. He's like how old is he? 24 or something? Like I think he's 23, 24 and I uh, 24 years old. Does he have the yips or whatever? I don't know. He walked a couple. He had three earned runs. He did strike out five, but there's just no point anymore. There's just there's no point. He's ranked outside the top 1,000. He's still rostered in 59% of leagues. I should have put him in my article on the weekend, really, talking about players that you should be dropping. I should have had him in there and underlined three or four times. He's just a useless fantasy player at this point. The team does not put up any runs. We saw it last year with Alcantara. They just... They've been better with him this year, but no, the run support for that team is dreadful. They're a dreadful offense. Rogers, regardless of that, has had no control. 157 whip, the 557 ERA. He's got less strikeouts than innings pitched. He's only won four games. Just to speak further to that point about run support, he only won seven games last year with the 264 ERA when things were working out for him. If you're still holding on, you need to, you need to let go. You need to give up on him. Emmett Rosario... He has been dropped hitless in four straight games. I'm holding on a little bit still. If you look back over the last month, he's been fantastic. Yes, that doesn't necessarily predict what will happen going forward, but I'm not going to give up on a guy who's been a very valuable asset to my teams just because of a rough couple of days. I tend, like I've said, I'll be a little bit more patient than the average fantasy player. If I miss out on someone, I miss out on someone. <clears throat> That's generally how I feel about it, and there will be more options later on down, down the stretch. How many guys this year have been hot shit on the waiver wire and everybody's gone and picked them up and then dropped them a week later. It's like if you miss out on someone, that's not the biggest of deals to me. What I'd, what I'd hate even more is to drop somebody and have them just explode. Now, I don't think Amador Osario will be exploding, but at the same time, he's been a good source of steals with decent little power. I mean, only three home runs, but that's for your shortstop, that's not a bad power, really. Uh, it's not great, don't get me wrong, but that's, that's his weakest category, but it's still something. Uh, runs, 43 of them, RBI, 24. Uh, 274 batting average. If he can do what he did last year, which looking like he probably will, uh, 11 home runs, 13 steals. <clears throat> he should have more than 13 steals. Uh, get over that batting average around 275, 280. Uh, no reason why he should be on waiver wires. He's still 72% rostered. And I agree with the masses. He should be someone that you're holding on to, just for now. Not even just for now. We'll, we'll see how long he has value for. If he really falls off a cliff, then drop him. But uh, I'm, I'm not ready to give up on him just yet. Let's talk about today's pitching matchup of the day for me. It's going to be out in San Diego. It's going to be Joe Musgrove and Logan Webb. Got some people who are a little bit worried about Joe Musgrove. A couple starts ago, he gave up six earned runs. This last time, he gave up three earned runs. It was against the Dodgers, and he struck out 10. So it was definitely a return to form. uh, But we weren't seeing these kind of earned run numbers earlier in the season, right? He hadn't even given up more than two earned runs in any start before his last two of them. And now both of them... uh, Six earned runs against the Phillies and then three against the Dodgers. Now, three against the Dodgers, that's fine. At Dodger Stadium, you're striking out 10, you're doing all right. So I'm not too worried. I've seen some people a little, more, a little bit more worried than I am about him. Now, I do understand, of course, uh, nine runs over two games. When you combine that, when you just look at it, sometimes people look at facts from all kinds of different angles, and it can look really terrible depending on the, the light that is put upon it. So nine earned runs in two games, not very good. If you're looking at the strikeouts, the previous game, he only had one strikeout. So, yes, 11 strikeouts in two games is okay, but for Musgrove, you'd expect it to be a little bit better than that. So I think people are worried kind of unnecessarily. Uh, I'm going to be starting him here against San Francisco. On the other side, Logan Webb, uh, one of my favorite pitchers in all of baseball. He did have a bit of a rough outing himself the last time. given uh, give five runs. Only three of them earned against the White Sox at home. I'd expect to see a bit of a pitcher's duel here. And I'm hoping that we do see a bit of a pitcher's duel It is, I believe, the lowest line of the night, the lowest over-under total at six and a half. So the oddsmakers are expecting a low-scoring good game, and so am I. I'm expecting this one to be hopefully a nail-biting pitcher's duel because we don't see too many of those recently with just two elite pitchers going back and forth. I've mentioned it on the show before. I'm a former pitcher. I love pitching. I love to see a low-scoring game, maybe like a 2-1 score, something like that. I love those kind of games. Anyway, guys, I'll let you go for, for now. Uh, We'll be back later. Well, I'll be back later. You guys will hear it tomorrow morning. But I'm talking with the Welsh. If you guys don't know the Welsh, go check out In This League podcast. Go check out the Fantasy Pros Leading Off uh, podcast and the Prospect One podcast, a lot of podcasts. He does tons of stuff. He is very knowledgeable on minor leaguers. He lives in Arizona, so he sees the Fall League every year. gets to see the Prospects up close and personal. Really good dude who I'm very, very excited to talk to later on. If you guys have any questions, if you hear this before about 5.30 p.m. Eastern Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time today on Thursday, July 7th, then send me some questions on Twitter and The Welsh and I will try and answer them probably close to the end of the show. So, guys, that will do it. Thank you again. You can find me on Twitter at JoeRico99. Hit the five-star button, follow, download, subscribe, do all that good stuff, and we will see you again tomorrow. Cheers, guys.